0: You're listening to the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam here on KCMJ LP 93.9 FM Colorado Springs.
1: (laughs) ¶¶
0: Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to yet another week of the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam here on kcmj.org, 93.9 FM in Colorado Springs. That first track you heard was a track by our guest today, Mr. Adam Needy, and that track was called Schizo off of uh, one of his albums that we're going to talk a lot about. And uh, and Adam is, is FaceTiming us from Nashville, right, sir?
2: Yeah. Yeah. From Music City,
0: USA. <laughs> Thank you so much for for agreeing to be on the show. Um, in bass circles, Adam Needy, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, is one of the top names in the bass world. So it has really taken this show to another level, man, having you on here. And your music today is going to be absolutely awesome for this show. So um, thanks, man. And you are a very busy person, too. So I really appreciate you, you coming onto the show.
2: Oh, Colin, thank you. The pleasure's all mine and and uh, thanks for making a space on the show for me. It's an honor to be able to share with you and your listeners.
0: Awesome. So, Adam, what got you into bass in the first place?
2: <laughs> That's the the million-dollar question, right? It's it's um it's funny, you know, I have to be honest and say that bass was not my my first love. Um my mom's side of the family was very very musical and and uh my mother played piano and sang and, and my, you know, several of my aunts played music, uncles played music, guitar. I had a a, a grandfather that was a, a very accomplished classical pianist and, and violinist. And it kind of ran a little bit through my veins from, I think from, from that side of the family. And when I was five years old, my parents bought me a little toy drum set. So it was like a little, a uh, three-piece drum kit, mini miniature drums, and I I loved loved to play it. But as I got a, a little bit older, um, my parents thought of the drums as being, I guess, not as academic a pursuit for me <laughs> as far as music went. So they they enrolled me in piano lessons when I was uh, eight years old, and and so I was studying classical piano for um, for several years and over time, as I started to, to grow and mature a little bit more in my, in my early teens with my musical tastes, I had some friends that also loved music and we wanted to put a band together. And the only way that I saw fit for me to be involved in a band was to shed this, you know, classical piano thing and and take on the synthesizer world because that was since we're in the music that, that we were listening to. And, um, my parents again were were kind enough to invest a little bit of money in a in a Korg synthesizer, and so I, I used to go to rehearsal, bring my um, my stereo speakers and stereo receiver from home as my amplifier, and and we would uh, we would play songs from uh, from Kansas and Journey and Genesis and all that. So one day our, our bass player decided that he was no longer interested in bass. He wanted to play rhythm guitar. So I saw that as an opportunity to try something new. So he lent me his, his bass, this uh, old Gibson EBO copy that I have been reunited with. Interestingly enough, uh, thanks to the connection powers of Facebook. But um, I tried out the bass and, and uh, started poking around on it and, and uh really enjoyed it it was a totally different experience for me and i and for a while i was trying to double once i had enough facility i was trying to double on bass and keyboards and sometimes you know working out independence where i would you know uh, tap out the bass lines with my left hand on the fingerboard and then hold chords with my with my right hand on the on the synth and you know just trying to trying to get the songs to sound closer to what we heard on the on the records and. Over time, I just I loved the bass more and more and more and then I just kind of didn't care as much about keyboards and, and then the rest was history. I just I, I really fell in love with the instrument and that's been my, my main instrument since.
0: So did you have any type of um, school band experience or was it all just kind of um, you know outside of the, the school? It was it was definitely mostly outside of school. My I,
2: the, the folks that I was hanging out with at, at the time, um, I was I was a soccer player coming up. So I, you know, a lot of my friends were on the soccer team, and there was kind of you know how it was in, in back in school. There was kind of like the you know the more sports cliques, and then there were the the band student cliques. You know as far as people hanging out and spending time together. And because I did this rock band thing on the side, that sort of fed my that sort of fed my, my passion for music, and I wasn't so much interested at that time in things like you know jazz and and uh, and uh, you know improvisational music. But I, you know, I, in some ways, I was a, I was a late bloomer because it wasn't until college that I really got serious about diving into the more you know academic side of of, uh, of the bass guitar, and I was playing in big band, the jazz big bands, playing steel drum band, and you know all these different ensembles trying to get as much experience as I could. And then it was also a complete overhaul for me as far as, uh, you know, reevaluating the, the, the the value of reading music. And I really had to work hard to kind of get caught up to just, you know, a, a, an average level where I could, you know, be competent, you know, reading, um, you know, charts in, in class and stuff. So So, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't in the school bands at all until I got to college. But then after that, it was it was, you know, a lot of um, remedial type (laughs) chart work and stuff to to bring everything back up to par. I'd I'd spent so many years on technique and ear training and things like that. And and, um, you know, in those in those years, it was it was more of a thing where I was spending time on applied harmony and theory and reading and, and just, you know, overall musicianship and trying to become more seasoned as a bass player.
0: Cool. So the first track we heard, um, I guess I'd like to get some some more music to to showcase, you know, the fine bass playing that we have on the show today. Um, the first track was from Schizo, uh, and then this next track, or was from, uh, the, the balance record, right? Correct. That's right. And Mm -hmm. then, um, and then the the next tune we're gonna to play is uh, the Renaissance Man. And would you like to preface this track a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, that the Renaissance
2: Man is is basically um, it's it's the intro track to my um, uh, to my album uh, that was released before my my very last record. So it's it's basically uh, it, it was it was done at a time when. I had basically not released a record for seven years (laughs) and it was for me, that was a very much a, um, I, that was, that was a huge struggling point for me, you know, out of, out of feeling guilt for these, you know, missed aspirations because when I started recording albums back in, gosh, I think 1995 is when my very first album came out. Um, I was I was pacing myself a little bit better. I didn't have as, as much going on, and I, I wanted to be able to release a record at least every two years. And because of uh, a tour schedule tour schedules and, and other other types of work that I started to become more involved in after my third record was released, it really, really slowed my my progress on on new material. So so yeah, that Renaissance man track was basically kind of like saying to the world, hey i'm I'm still alive, I'm still here. Um, you know i'm still I'm still doing these these things and and this track it was it was me taking my my emotions and experiences from the prior seven years and wanting to birth this thing and just kind of getting it out in a, in a musical form. so hence the, the song that's then attached to it, that it goes into called rebirth. So it, that was a time in my life where I was really, really trying to, uh, you know, just, just try and, and redefine my, myself as a composer and a band leader. And, um, and by the way, I didn't mention it before, but the, but the name of the album that that, that, that track, those tracks are on is, is called liminal. Um, I didn't mention that before, but, uh, But yeah, so that's kind of the story behind that one.
0: Awesome. Well, here is the Renaissance Man into Rebirth off of Adam Needy's Liminal album here on the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You're listening to the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam. We've got, uh, calling us from FaceTime uh, in Nashville, we've got Mr. Adam Needy, and that was his, uh, his renaissance man off of his album uh, Liminal. So, ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate you tuning into the show. If you like what you're hearing, you can go onto Facebook, and please, please, please like the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam Facebook page. And share it with all your friends, and uh, we, you know we're really trying to get a lot of uh, independent and national artists exposure uh, on this show. And then uh, you know please tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. and the show always re-airs every Tuesday at 4 p.m. all on Mountain Daylight Time. And uh, you can always check it out if you're in the Colorado Springs area, 93.9 FM, and then it's KCMJ.org which is the internet stream. And then one more piece of information. If you, if you really like the show, you can always subscribe to the show as a podcast on iTunes, and you can get this show uh, and every other show that we've done. We've had a lot of fabulous artists coming onto the show. So, uh, Adam, thanks again for coming on, man. So we, we were talking about uh, your educational background. So, y- you know, uh, I'd like to – got a lot of cool stuff going on. So quickly, I'd like to, to get – you know, you went to a, a university, right?
2: Yeah, I was at the uh, University of Georgia for a little while, then I transferred to Georgia State University as a jazz performance major, but um, I actually left school early to try and just go for it with my music career. where did you go? Um, after that? After school, you mean?
0: Well, where did you try to go for it? Did you go to New York? or?
2: Oh, man, I was, no, I just, I was in, uh, I was in Atlanta. And uh, I just—that was the beginning of me just trying to hustle and, and get gigs and recordings and things like that. And so it was just me, you know, pounding the pavement.
0: <laughs> awesome. And so you were about twenty-five years old when your first record uh, was released. So what, so what right. was it like uh, at that time in your life, and, and what was going on with your musical side?
2: Man, it was it was a super exciting time because it was it was a list of a bunch of firsts for me. You know, in terms of goals that I had set and. One of those was, of course, you know, releasing a, a solo record, and and um, at that time, my efforts were more centered around, you know, trying to trying to build my my own voice as a as a player and as a composer, and so I was working really hard trying to you know send send the music out. At, the, at that particular point in time, I was I was looking for a you know formal record deal and you know just trying to get press through different. Jazz publications, music publications, both in print media and online, and, and so, you know, it, it's it's just been me doing this myself independently ever since the beginning. So that was that was where I really had to begin to model my my work ethic, and and um, you know, I had lots of lots of irons in the in the fire that I was trying to to maintain, but it was but it was an exciting time because I was just starting to get uh, equipment endorsements with, uh, manufacturers that I, whose products that I, you know, love to use for years. And, um, yeah, I mean, anything and everything that I could do to try and, you know, keep the momentum going, it was, was on my mind 24 (laughs) seven.
0: That's cool, man. It sounds a a lot similar to what I feel like I'm trying to do a lot of times, but, and it's, and, you know, it's hard, man. It's it's this oh, yeah. is one of the you know when I talk to students um you know I tell them I'm like you know obviously you got to be the you got to be an amazing player. Uh, you know like Adam Needy is a perfect example. I mean that guy can play circles around a lot of people. You know that's kind of what I tell people. Um but you know you have to be able to do this stuff and and do it all yourself, you know? And it's kind of you have been doing that and and taking this music business approach toward your career. Uh, which I think has really started to to pay off, you know. It, I, I the things that I've seen you do recently are pr- pretty amazing things. Um, oh, so, well, so one you. thing I'd like to talk about uh, the most. One recent thing is um, y- you were talking about equipment. Uh, you have now gotten a deal with Ibanez, which is one of the biggest and most well-known makers of electric guitars and basses and they they made you a signature bass model man how how did that happen
2: oh yeah that that whole experience has been has been surreal um i was uh i've had some a handful of, of endorsements with with bass manufacturers in the in the past but this deal with Ibanez was certainly, I guess, the the largest scale um, when when you look at the size of the company and and you know the horsepower that they bring to the table in terms of promotion. But when I first signed with Ibanez, there was no talk of any sort of signature model or anything like that. They were they were uh, willing to build me some custom in- instruments to, to spec, and you know we really didn't discuss anything else. It, it was really it was mostly about just trying to cultivate a very solid relationship with each other and, and just, you know, grow together as as player and, and company from the perspective of my bass playing and, and my, you know, little contribution to the, to the musical world. So um, when they built the, the prototype of my first, uh, w- w- what is a six string bass um, I had it and we, we, Tweaked it and got it exactly the way I wanted it. and so then I began to play the bass. And over time, the more people that saw the bass either online or, or in person, it, it shows the, the more interest that was shown in that particular instrument, which was fantastic for for me because you know, a six string bass is already a niche, you know type of instrument in a niche as it is. and no companies, out there really, you know, sell a whole lot of six-strings, you know, compared to their, you know, four-string inventory. So the fact that it was garnering a lot of attention was was really exciting because it has a few unique uh, features and, and specs that are that that separate it from the rest of Ibanez's base product line. But um, the more people that got interested, the the more it got to Ibanez's ears and then my ANR uh, uh representative at, at the time we had a phone conversation um, after I had already been playing that bass for, for a good year or two and said, yeah, you know, the company's been talking about the possibility of doing a signature model. And so, of course, I was, you know, completely humbled and, and excited about it. And, and um, that began the, the steps towards the release. So uh, a little over a year ago, we released the the custom hand-built version of the signature model, the A and B 1006, And then at this, this last NAMM show in January in Anaheim, they officially released the production version of the bass, which is the ANB-306E. And that is essentially the identical instrument in terms of specs and, and woods and electronics and all of that good stuff. The, the difference is that it's built on CNC machines in a factory, as opposed to just being hand built by a luthier. But you know, the way manufacturing has 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 improved over the years. I mean, you know, these these instruments now that they're building in the factories. I mean, you can't you can't even find a flaw. I mean, they're they it's amazing. So so yeah, it's exciting. So I've got those two models officially uh, of the base now.
0: Man, that's crazy. Um, so how did how did you initially get involved with Ibanez?
2: Well, I was um, basically in between deals, if 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 you will. I had um, I had left a, a prior company. Um, just no, you know, no no negativity or bad blood or anything. It was just I was wanting to move in a in a different sort of direction in terms of of my instrument and and just you know how I was uh, being promoted and and working you know with with, with a company and so. Um, I was basically in limbo for a while and just just playing my uh, my basses at at the time. And then um, a good friend of mine and and colleague, Gerald Beasley, who is uh, another world famous bass player he's an amazing, amazing guy, an amazing player, amazing writer. He had been with Ibanez for many, many years, and he has a signature model with them as well. And, and he was the one that really kind of suggested, hey, you know, you should maybe talk to Ibanez. I've been working with them. We have a good relationship. They might be a good fit for you. And I uh, I went to them and I and I went to a, a, just a couple other companies and, and you know, kind of told them my vision. And Ibanez ended up being the, the company that, most closely aligned you know what what my goals were and um and then here we are uh several years later
0: cool man so uh you got a brand new record out not of this world and uh it's pretty slamming record Uh, thank you so much yeah ladies and gentlemen if if you are interested in this type of music you got to go pick it up uh it's available on itunes all digital distribution retailers uh you can also go to i'm sure adamneedy.com and check out more of that stuff and and i'm sure that if if people emailed you they could probably snag a physical copy, right? if they're so interested
2: absolutely yeah and um yeah i i have uh cds i'm still selling cds <laughs> believe it or not so i've got those available uh, of uh, most of my records still so yeah
0: awesome so this uh anti-social media you want to preface this one
2: yeah this is the uh this is the opening tune on uh not of this world and as you've probably figured out by now you know i like to open up my records with with something kind of kind of energy filled and and this is this is one of those examples another sort of high tempo barn burner type of tune and and um uh really exciting drummer is on this track named kirk covington who uh fans of jazz fusion will will recognize his name from from tribal tech and from Zao and alan holdsworth and stuff like that but we've been friends for many years and we've we've been playing on and off together for about 17 or 18 years and so he he guessed it on this record and and delivered a pretty pretty neat insane drum performance on it but um anti-social media that the title is is basically it's it's sort of like a tongue in cheek reference to the ironic way in which um, all this social networking stuff online uh, also has a way of making us a little more distant from each other at the same time that it draws us closer in terms of, of uh, communication. Mm-hmm. So um, so, anyways, yeah, that's my little little tongue in cheek uh, <laughs> reaction to that.
0: Awesome. So. Well, this is anti-social media off of Adam Needy's Not of This World album here on the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam.
1: (laughs) Thank yeah. you. We'll
0: anti-social media off of Adam Needy's Not of This World album that just came out a few months ago. Uh, and, and over the break, uh, Adam Needy and I were talking about how he's doing all this himself, man. He's not on a record label. He's just hustling like uh, like a lot of us are. So, ladies and gentlemen, please head over to his website, adamneedy.com. Please support this amazing musician and bass player. Uh, he also has projects available on iTunes, and uh, all the digital manuf- or digital distribution channels, he's also gonna have some merchandising coming out here pretty soon, which is you know kind of I think the way forward, man. If you, you can have a CD, but people want to buy your T-shirt, right? <laughs> That's right, <laughs>
2: and you better have T-shirts ready when they want to buy them. <laughs> t-shirts and I,
0: you know, a hat. I want a hat that says Adam Needy, man. <laughs>
2: well, pretty soon you'll be able to. I'll send you one.
0: I want that. Right. I want that picture of you back in the early '90s with the long hair, <laughs> man, and, and that. Uh, it kind of looks like a '70s kind of picture.
2: Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they used that for uh, the Diaderio ad. Yeah, that was. Uh... Yes, that's my polyester, part of my polyester wardrobe. That oh I, yeah. That I've, I've retained.
0: Speaking <laughs> of the the D'Addario, um, so we talked about a little bit about the Ibanez endorsement deal. You're also endorsed by D'Addario with a with a pretty interesting music, music education uh, initiative that D'Addario is putting together, right?
2: Yeah, well, I have a, a website of my own. It's adamnittymusiceducation.com and it's an interactive um, basically a subscription-based video library of lessons and um, a little bit embellished with interactive features so people can get some individualized critique and feedback. And um, I've been with with Deaderio Strings using their their product for, my gosh, two decades now. I can't believe how how fast that's gone by. But um, they are very much into supporting educational efforts, and they've been a primary sponsor of my base clinics. And um, have also gotten on board with um, some of the uh, some of the website generated content that I've I've put together. So as we as we move forward, we are going to be doing more and more specific types of educational promotions. Um, you know, to try and just create more of a synergy between us and, and other educators out there.
0: That's very cool. So uh, so so bass players that are interested in studying with you, they they now have an outlet, so they can go to Adam Needy education right? use adam nitty music, music.
2: com, awesome. and if you go to my regular website um of course there's links to it from from there as well but um either that or just if you don't remember the name you could just google search adam nitty lessons <laughs> or something like that anything related and it'll and it'll come up but uh, yeah it's been up since the end of 2012 and and um The curriculum grows monthly it's a it's an ever-expanding library and i broadcast live master classes every month and um yeah it's a it's it's an exciting endeavor it's it's the it's the hub for all of my educational stuff related to the bass now
0: very cool man so you recently got a really cool experience and this is uh involving the grammys you want to tell listeners about this
2: yeah, it was another just fantastic, uh, humbling experience. I got uh, I got a call from the the music director, and and bass player that's been with Carrie Underwood for I think the last ten years or so, and um, they asked me to cover a couple couple weeks worth of, of dates, and and uh, so I was on the road doing uh, her 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 tour for that period of time. And then the very first thing we did was the Grammys in uh in la and so uh, i got to play for the first time on the on the grammys and it was every bit as surreal as i thought it would be uh just an incredibly energetic electric environment you know massive concentration of just you know legend status musicians and 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 actors and actresses and um just a really incredible production, and and um, something that I, I don't think I'll ever forget. It was great.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I'd like to play a little bit more of your your music off this brand new uh, record that came out a couple months ago. Off of uh, it's called "Not of This World," um, Adam. So, "Cosmic Underground." What's the scoop on that one?
2: Yeah, this is a tune that um, was was pure, um, in, inspirationally sourced. I'm a big, huge fan of a lot of the the um, pop fusion funk stuff that that comes out of the UK. I love bands like Jamiroquai and and, uh, um, Incognito and, and, you know, Bluey all, all these, all these bands that have, well, they're, well, they're just known for having slam and rhythm sections and, and of course, slam and bass players. And there's a, I don't know, there's a certain style and nuance to, to the way a lot of that music is played. And so, the, the name Cosmic Underground it actually is is a fusion of a couple different song titles that, that come out of that that world and um, it's a tune that was that was born from the inspiration of those those types of compositions so it's definitely a groove based track but um, but I, I left a, an opportunity in there to, to play a, a, a solo in there as well and um, it's one of my favorite tunes to play live
0: for sure awesome. Here's Cosmic Underground off of Adam Needy's Not of This World here on Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam. normally like to do that fading out on the bass solo that's not something i I like to do you're listening to the colin truesdale jazz jam here with uh we got a little bit more time left with adam and ed so i wanted to to get a little bit more interview and we'll get to one more tune off of his not of this world record so adam uh real quick what do you got going on coming up well right now i'm
2: i'm planning for the release of a live album, which I'm going to be recording in the fall, and um, we're most likely going to be doing that at a, a studio in Nashville with a live audience, and uh, it's going to be a couple couple nights at this studio, and we're going to consolidate our uh, our you know our, our set list from the from the two nights. So I'm excited about that. I've been wanting to do a live record for many years, and um, the goal is to you know perform many of the the older songs and current songs but then also do some brand new stuff that hasn't been released yet so so that's something that um i'm actively composing for and and just it's as you can imagine there's a lot of logistical things that have to come together for that so yeah getting all that stuff together so um so that's that's the next sort of big musical project but in the meantime um I'm in the middle of a video library update for my site, which is um, taking on some some new topics that I hope will inspire students, just in terms of musicianship and, and um, expression on the on the bass guitar. And I'm also going to be getting into things like fretless bass and um, some other some other just you know neat nuances um, that aren't necessarily as mainstream a topic. Gotcha.
0: Well, Adam, we really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, one more pump for adamneedy.com, and then also adamneedymusiceducation.com. Right? That's it. Yeah. And, and then you can go to uh, go to iTunes and 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 snag all five of his albums and check them out. Uh, you know, Ladies and gentlemen, please tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. to the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam on kcmj.org, 93.9 FM in the Colorado Springs area. You can also catch the show re-airing every Tuesday at 4 p.m. all on Ma- Mountain Dayla- Daylight Time. You can listen to the show at any point. You can go to iTunes and download the show as a podcast. And please, when you do that, subscribe to the show. It would really help us out. And so, uh, ladies and gentlemen... We're going to end with one more tune off of Adam Needy's Not of This World album. And uh, we hope to see you next time. So uh, take it easy, everybody. Take care. (laughs)
1: Thank <laughs> you.